Guess I made a lot of mistakes, yeah Guess I've been in my way But I gotta do what it takes now Got me feeling like I missed my time Got me feeling like I'm lost I'll be facing all my demons now I got my eyes on the road, love Oh, I'm gonna do right by you, love Love Cause I got a feeling in my bones, in my bones Yeah, baby, I gotta move like a rolling stone, rolling stone Yeah, baby Next guest is a Grammy-nominated artist from Seattle. He started out by doing numerous collaborations with other Seattle artists in the scene, eventually landing a collab with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis on their song, Can't Hold Us. His career has continuously been going forward, and his latest single, Don't Make Me Miss You, is out now. With a smile like yours, I lay down my walls and just fall so easily. With a face like yours, I can lose myself and go out my mind. It's not fair. I'm scared you leave me Yeah, oh yeah So if you see me back to the podcast everyone today i'm with a very special guest the one and only ray dalton hello hello thanks for having me yes of course and your come up man it's been amazing and i i've lit your new music video by the way is awesome as hell too we're definitely we're definitely gonna get into that thank you thank you (laughs) i feel like there hasn't been enough interviews talking about like your background like all I know is that you came out with the you're on the heist album with Macklemore, and then after that, you're just your trajectory just went uphill. So, like, how did you get your start in music? Actually, um, you know, I, when I think of start, I always think from like music because I always see myself as a singer. So, like, I always say, I always think in my mind, like, oh, I started singing just from listening to my parents' music, and then I joined a choir, children's choir. And then I joined a gospel choir. And in that gospel choir, my friend Camila Riccio, she introduced me to like the Seattle music scene. And a lot of rappers wanted a male vocalist and it was something I was super interested in. And I had dabbled a little bit in songwriting, but not like as intense as I did with working with some of the rappers. And then that really got it all going to getting kind of into the music industry when I just was like, Oh, I think it's cool. Cause they're doing it on the radio. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it all, it all started once I joined the choir and, and working with all the different rappers and it kind of just fell into my lap with a lot of hard work, but it yeah. just, it seemed like it was just meant to be, if that wow. makes sense. Is, is choirs and like gospel big in the Seattle area? Um, this well i think choirs in the south side and 
Tacoma are big in Seattle because there's more of the black community is in the south side of Seattle, which I am not from. I'm from Shoreline. So if it wasn't mm. for my friend Camila um, inviting me to join the choir, I would have never been able to be in the Total Experience Gospel Choir. Wow. But yeah, I would say they're there for sure. So when you started working with like hip hop artists and rappers, was it like, were you more of like the chorus most of the time or? Always. I don't rap. Um, I would write these hooks and, or they'd have a section for, okay, you can, you sing there, you write a little hook. And so I'd write these hooks and some of them sucked. And then some of them were amazing (laughs) (laughs) as songwriting is, you know, it's a trial and error. Mm -hmm. So was it like, I see like a lot of artists thinking it's like one feature of way from blowing up or did you feel like, and or like a lot of artists are starting to notice that they feel like they have to like leave the Seattle area and collaborate with artists outside of Seattle to maybe get the recognition they need. Did you have to leave Seattle and collaborate with other artists before you kind of got your name or was like all these artists and it just led up to Macklemore and then. It, I mean, I, I always say I was a whore. <laughs> or the opportunity to work with um, rappers that I was really influenced by. And I would meet them at doing shows or they were looking for a male vocalist. And I just love the art of rap and music and singing being together. And so I just, I would love to do a song with you. And it, and it was, it wasn't like I was thirsty. I just really was influenced and really wanted to work with these people and in my mind I felt well if I work with a bunch of different people maybe someone will discover me Mm. or something of that thing could happen and so not only was I doing it for fun because I really love music it's something that's fun for me Um, I also thought oh this could be something and that's how it all really started it and I for me I didn't some people have to leave Seattle to do something. And then some people just do stay home in Seattle. I always think there's no, there's no right formula with it. It's whatever works for you. For sure. And Seattle is just like a, it's an interesting place because no one really thinks of Seattle as like a music hotspot, but we definitely have a lot of talented artists who are passionate about what they're doing. I mean, we have so much history. We have Soundgarden, we have Nirvana, Quincy Jones is from Seattle, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, the R&B and soul music was really huge in Seattle in the 70s and 60s. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of rich music culture in Seattle that I feel that isn't spoken enough. Um, but it always, some years it's like, it's been hip hop for a really long time. And then now it went in, it went into like an EDM thing, but yeah. now it's kind of like Seattle has changed. And so kind of we're, we're going to see what the next genre that will be in Seattle, but it, it always elevates to something. I, I always say, do you, th- is there like a, there should be like a Netflix series on the Seattle history. That'd be sick. Like of the music history in Seattle. Yeah. And like, all the way up to like Little Mosey or something, or maybe yeah. there's other artists that have blown up past him, you know, maybe like there's always artists popping off in Seattle. Maybe whether like even people in Seattle see it or not, it's like, it's weird, <laughs> but. 
All they think of is, is Starbucks and uh, Amazon. <laughs> oh, that's where Boeing and Amazon is, right? It's like oh, uh, so God. much more than that. Come on. <laughs> so do you do you still stay in Seattle? Like, is your home base here basically, or? Yeah, my home is based in Seattle. Uh, oh, wow. I travel a lot for music, and I'm an adventurist, so I always like to just escape for a little bit sometimes. And but Seattle is definitely my home. Yes. Do you like? Do you know like all the restaurants here in Seattle? Like I'm oh, still. Oh yes, yes. What's your I favorite one? That. It always depends on the mood, you know. If you yeah. want a good steak, I love the butcher table. Um, there's mojito in Lake City, like good Cuban food. I mean, momijis for sushi. Oh, yeah, you know, sushi's the best. I love it all. I love it all. I can't believe there's people who like have been born and raised in Seattle who don't like sushi. I'm like, if you're from Seattle and you don't like sushi. What's going on? I know, with all that good fish too. It's it's crazy. So how did the Macklemore feature end up? Like how did that happen? Just working um, with Seattle artists and it just popped off or Yeah, I had I wrote a song with Saul called I Need Your Love. Okay. Um I featured on it. And I think like three years later, Ryan Lewis heard it and just asked me to come to the studio and um, I just would go to the studio like all the time and we'd write melodies and write melodies and he would just, I made this beat, See me, show me what you do. And I would just, and it was so much fun because it was like, mm. ooh, this is cool. And then that led into the Can't Hold Us collaboration, which then led into me getting to tour with them for a certain amount of years and that's it just everything kind of blew up within that year span just like all right you're doing a show oh all these songs blew up do you want to go on tour with us wow and i was like okay like it was such an amazing time so it really was just like the collaborating pathway for you and that's how like Mm -hmm. wow i mean that was that that worked for me yeah i know i hear adele was discovered by doing a show. Hmm. So that, going back to your question, I know it's, I'm leading back, but <laughs> for me, it was for me to just kind of collab and be inspired in different genres. Wow. Do you, are you still, do you still focus on the Seattle music scene here at all or? No, unfortunately I don't. I'm always, I'm always trying to learn in different places. So for the music that I've been creating. I was in Sweden, working with a lot of Swedish producers wow. in LA, Berlin. I just, I love to travel and I like to explore things. So I I don't know much uh, about the Seattle music scene, but it's always going. I know it is. Hell yeah. That's interesting. Wow, you're just from Seattle and you're just going freaking Sweden every place like that. That must be so, that must be like a dream come true, honestly. It really is because I love to travel. I'm just, I think it's it's a great way to just discover new things, be inspired, see different cultures. It's just the best way for me to live. And I I heard, I heard you're like into tennis also. And even in your music video, there's like, you're you're doing tennis. Yeah, I love tennis. I've been playing since I was pretty young Uh, and I still play too. I'm in a, in a league. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, we have playoffs coming soon, so. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, Where's man. that going to be at? Um, it will be in Seattle, Sandpoint. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
is it allowed to be like an audience or is it like how is how's covid with tennis dude it's so weird it sucked it's like people you know we can't we're not allowed to shake at all we're like mm. we clink our rackets like good job and um yeah no spectators we mm. play we get a certain amount of time to warm up we have to be off the court in 90 minutes whoever's winning wins you know you can't like fight for your spot or like oh i'm down i can make mm. a comeback nope the minutes are up so you have to be done so that's yeah. the only thing that sucks about it but it's better than not playing at all so i'll take it do you have to wear masks while you're playing no we don't <laughs> or i wouldn't show up i'd be like just hyperventilating to the mask <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be choking on my mask. <laughs> I grunt so that. <laughs> you need to have yes. You have to have Wikipedia update your Wikipedia page. Then, like there, for some reason, it says like you just complete. It says you started your music career and completely dropped tennis altogether. Basically, that's what it says on your Wikipedia. I'm like, what? Ooh. It seems like you're really into tennis. So I, I felt like I had to like check in with you on that. You know, I played competitive tennis. And I, you know, you tell one interviewer something and I think people change it up because I heard I was a tennis instructor. People be like, oh, tell me about you being a tennis instructor. <laughs> and I don't want to fuck up their interview. I just want to be like, oh, well, I wasn't a tennis instructor. I played tennis. <laughs> oh I'm always like, yeah, I played tennis. I didn't complain. I, I definitely grew up competitive tennis. And with music, I just saw a future there more than I did tennis. Mm -hmm. um, my dad really pushed sports because he was a single parent and he couldn't afford for me and my sister both to go to college. So he really invested and put a lot of time in for us to get like athletic scholarships. And when I stopped playing tennis, my dad kind of freaked out. Oh, shit. Oh, so bad. Like now we're good, but the first part of me trying to make a music career my dad was not a supporter and not a big fan wow. of me doing music i yeah. feel like it's a, it's like a it's i feel like it's like a 70 it's not a 50 50 it's like a 70 30 for like 70 percent of parents don't want their kids to go start music and then 30 yeah. percent will be like hell yeah let's do it yeah because i you know everyone hears the horror stories i don't yeah. think they want that for their kids like what if what if nothing happens and you didn't go to college when you could have got it, you know? And I know, I think it's always cool when I hear parents are like, yeah, we just gave them an opportunity. And like, yeah. that's, that's a beautiful situation that doesn't happen to everybody. But yeah, I, I was, I was blessed, you know? Were you, were you a varsity, were you a varsity tennis player when you were? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And then outside of school, I played, in tournaments so wow. on the weekends we were traveling to go play a tournament and how different is tennis than like pickleball like if you're good at tennis are you good at pickleball too then or <laughs> i mean the fundamentals are the same it's like you know follow through you have to put more top spin and you got to get more low on the the pickleball and pickleball you serve underhand tennis mm -hmm. you serve overhand yeah, they're very similar though. Yeah. Are you I, playing pickleball right now? I, I'm I'm okay at pickleball. I'm terrible because I feel like 
pickleball is easier because like the tennis racket you can just send it flying but pickleball it's like wood and then like a plastic ball usually and it's not as easy to send that thing flying as it yeah is tennis. it's a lot easier for sure i want to get, be- get better at tennis though i feel like it's a it looks easy kind of but i don't think it's easy whatsoever it's a muscle memory sport so you just have to get a lot of reps for you to like okay this feels right and it's mm-hmm. not spring on the court so like the more times you play the better you are as do that you th- is. do you think it's as interesting as like what do you think is more interesting like watching golf or tennis because i feel That's like for sure <laughs> really i mean you just see the athleticism when people are running on the court and they're sliding Golf, I'm like, great, they hit a ball. Like, that's great. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, they don't run to that. get the ball, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I might get in trouble. All the golf people might come up to me. Oh, my gosh. Fuck you, man. Do you have a golf game at all? <laughs> hmm? Do you have a good golf game at all? No, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like like golf courses are closed right now, too, anyways. I think so. Like, with this whole COVID. I don't know. I, I saw that. Some of my friends are, are golf players, and some of them were playing during the COVID. Oh. Like a lot of them were playing golf during COVID because <laughs> you don't need to be around people for golf. I think I'm listening too much to Joe Rogan then. Joe Rogan's, like, saying, like, in L.A. and stuff. Maybe Seattle's different, but, like, in no, California, Seattle, everyone's just freaking out. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> California's shutting down. Um, no, Seattle had golf courses open. Okay, wow. Yeah. So let's break down this like music video. You just released this song with the music. Did you release the music video and the song on the same day? Yes, I did. Okay. And break down this music video. It's a really cool ass music video. You go Thank for, you, man. The colors and everything is just and tell the audience the name of it, by the way. The song. Um the song is called Don't Make Me Miss You. It's probably my favorite song by you now. Thank honestly. you. It's one of my babies. I I've saved it for sure. It's it's, it's oh, wow. one of my babies. When did you write it then? Like, how long have you been holding on to it? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if this is bad to say, but I wrote it in 2014. Wow. Um, with a songwriter named Little Eddie, and we just wrote it together. It, we weren't writing to release. I think we're always writing to release music, but we were just writing just to write and vent. And it was kind of like, I would say something and he'd be like, oh, that'd be dope. And then I'd sing something and he would write it because I love making melodies. That's my big thing. But then Don't Make Me Miss You came out. And Hmm. uh, I wasn't signed at the time. So that was the big, that's the reason why I saved it. Because I didn't want to release it and not be signed. I felt like if I was signed, it's it's a beautiful pop song. Um, It'd have like a better push and i felt like it deserved that so you knew it was special it's it definitely yeah. sounds like a special song it is it really is i saved it i have some other ones that i've saved i just wanted yeah. it to have the right opportunity wait so what are you who are you signed by right now i am signed to epic germany oh shit wait germany yes. how does that happen if you're in seattle <laughs> man i don't know <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm signed with, um, Epic Germany, which is partnered with Sony, uh, Sony in Europe. So 
all of the push and the radio stuff has been with in the Europe scenes. Like from what my understanding, like outside of the country, that's where actually people get huge amount of like listeners and fans. Like, of course, here in America, we have tons of fans, but like, yeah, pushing it outside to go global, that's where you get like a lot of the good money and listeners, realistically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I released my song, If You Fall, and within the five months, it just it went viral in mm-hmm. England and it was on the viral charts or yeah, new song charts, like number six, number nine. And so a lot of the European labels were like, yo, what, tell me about this song. What are you doing with your career? Oh shit. I'm over here. Let's talk. And I was like, well, all right, let's do it. And the people that I just had the best connection with were my team from uh, Epic Germany. I mean, they took me out of the office. Like, we, I played them the music. I took them out of the office. They're like, you know what? Let's go talk and have and not be super businessy. Do you want to go to a bar? Want to go to a pub? I was like, okay. And so I got a tequila margarita, and we just <laughs> talked about we talked about music and what I wanted to do. And I, it made me feel so connected to them, and they were the perfect fit for me. Wow. So it wasn't like you like intentionally were going out of your way to go viral outside of the country or just. Oh, yeah. It, it was just organic. I I didn't think any of that would happen. I thought probably I'd get signed in the U.S. before I got signed in in Europe. But it happens how it happens. And I'm grateful for it. Wow. Wait, how... Now we get to talk about music that I've just released, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Did you how long have you been signed now then? I think I've been signed for about two years now wait so you're independent like the whole time through like macklemore's thing and oh yeah until... yeah wow independent until i released in my bones i was signed yeah oh yeah man shit <laughs> so do you, what are the you, you probably have like a lot of pros and cons then of being like independent and signed like for like the audience or like up-and-coming artists like what are some pros and cons that you've seen Pros and cons I've seen. Well, I think the tough thing is, for me, I always am super anal about things and I want to control it because mm-hmm. the visuals, the songs that I want to put out, I have to, everyone has to agree and un- like the vision, which the team loves. So I'm, I'm lucky, but sometimes, you know, you don't get to be creative in that way or you don't get as much creative control. Um, That's been tough to have more people in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. but my team is such a good team that we always, we make it, we have this understanding. It's like whatever is best for the song and the visual and Ray Dalton's career, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's something that I really love, but it also, I get irritated for sure. Right. Um, With independent, um, I just was sick of funding everything. Yeah. It's Ooh. a lot. And for the visions that I have, they're not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> My If You Fall video was, uh, it was an expensive video and I would put, I'd do it all over again. But it's nice when you have a label backing you and they can push it because some people, not independent 
being independent can't work for every single artist. Mm-hmm. It sounds great on paper, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm not doing this to make a million dollars. I'm here to sell my story, to share my voice. I want to travel all over the world. You know, it, that has always been the goal, not for yes. money. And so I think it's been great having a label. I love being signed with a label. And my team is incredible. And I am living my dream. That's awesome. So I'm guessing this this music video was not shot in 2014 when you wrote this song. So so what was the process behind making this music video? Like the lighting and everything, I just... It's it's it was a good way to enter twenty twenty one. I feel like yeah. <laughs> on a happy note, even though it's a sad song, kind of, but it's it works. It's in an upbeat way. Yeah. Um, the music video for "Don't Make Me Miss You" is a very colorful video, and it's like the mood of everything: new love, new excitement, sadness, blues, green, like going with the flow. And then the white is always like that white rose at the end. Mm. Um, and I, I, um, I just wanted a visual of color and I wanted some type of storyline. And my friend Jax, who was the director of the video, she really, she made my vision come to life. And that was her with, all right, the set designs and all of that. And she just made it come to life. And Color is a big thing. I love color. I'm obsessed with color. Yeah. And she she did an incredible job with the video. And my friend Anna had me dance and I was doing yes. some dance moves. With the microphone. You know? Ooh, yeah, that yes, was <laughs> little twirl. You're like, that yeah, was... little twirl, little pop. <laughs> yes. It was everything was very aesthetically pleasing. Like even the um like the actor guy who had, had like the beard and the circle glasses. It was I yeah. was like, I don't know why I was thinking about it, but while I was watching the video, I was like, could anyone else fit this role? And I was like, no, this is very aesthetic. How the guy has the beard and the glasses, it just, it's very hip. It's very cool. I like it. <laughs> yeah, Joe is a, a pretty incredible individual. You know, we shot the video in Detroit. Okay. And everyone on the crew was from Detroit. And I don't know if you've ever been to Detroit. I have not. There's just they have some swag there. Yeah. It's just a different type of just culture. They're very mm. together and they just have a different type of definitely a different type of element of swag there. And so everyone really was super in- incredible creative and that really helped the music video, I feel. So after like traveling the world so much and like coming back to Seattle, like what have you noticed about Seattle like after traveling so much? You probably have a different perspective. You know, I, it makes me just appreciate home even more. Yeah. I think Seattle, yes, it's changed a lot, but I really think it's an incredible place. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else or been raised anywhere else. Um, I just, there's something about flying in on a rainy day that's like, Ray, you're home. Wow. It just makes me feel good. I love being home. Um, I do think we need a little better nightlife. Hmm. I think we need, you know, 
we need a better nightlife. We need more opportunities for us to be able to meet people and dance longer and have good times with our friends. I That's all I feel like. I get sad when it's 2 a.m. and they're kicking us out of the bars. I want to I wanna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep dancing. I want to keep meeting people. I want to keep drinking a little tequila, you know? I yeah. just think we need more more things at night. Right. Yeah. So musically, how is 2020 for you? Uh, music, music, uh, music 2020 has been an incredible year for me. Yeah. Um, I wasn't able to travel and promote my singles, but I still got to have a good time and release music and the songs did it extremely well. And, and even Can't Hold Us, it hit a billion streams oh, in 2020. So it wasn't the worst thing uh, wow. for me musically. It was, a, it was a new learning experience for sure. What'd you learn about yourself? I learned that I'm turning into an introvert hmm. a little bit. But I also learned that I never thought that it was kind of like a training wheel kind of times of doing interviews. I really needed to practice interviews. Um, it kind of gave me a glimpse of what is going to come if I just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I really just discovered being, being alone really helped me grow as an mm -hmm. artist, which is so weird for me to say, because I love to be around people. I'm truly an extrovert, but I just felt like it made yeah. me kind of be like, yo, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Like I would rather be by myself and write songs and be, be creative. And it really, I feel like it really helped me. That's the way you want to come out of 2020. Like, you know, yeah, it's a, it's definitely feels like 2021 is an extension of 2020, but I feel like if you were set up either financially or just, you know, had the safety of being home and have some type of work, you sh it was a good time to take time for like self and personal growth. And I feel like it's good when artists like you, like, you know, make happy songs during times like this to like, you know, like unite people and can't hold us. It makes sense why it would hit a billion during a freaking pandemic. Right. Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know, something has to change that like brings us more together though. Cause I feel like a lot of people are like, it's even starting to affect me and I'm a very, very happy guy. I got a Mickey Mouse right here. Got him on my arm. Got an afro. Like, I'm a, ha I'm a happy guy, <laughs> but I feel like the end of 2020 was like, it, it started to dawn on me that it's like been close to a year of like being in this and like people are starting, like even the most happiest of people are like starting to like, whether it's on purpose or not, like either like self-sabotaging themselves or just like getting gloomy and there needs to be some type of light, I feel like. But I don't know. Hopefully 2020 will be this light. And we're just like, it's, it just hasn't happened yet. But I feel like something's going to happen that will hopefully bring us together. Like, what do you think? You know what? I feel like we can't, we can't expect a year that's going to, like, just because it's a new year, that's going to make us feel better. Hmm. You know? I think it's important. Little things. 
I think are the most important things to make ourselves happy. Right. You know? Yeah, we can't go to a restaurant, but we could have a couple friends over and make food and have a fellowship. You know, no, we can't go travel to Hawaii, but we can get in a car and go drive to the forest and and do those little things just for ourselves. I feel like people forget to be how forget to be creative in what they could do. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it's something that I feel if we all kind of work together and to maybe create something where we all can be together or a small amount of group of people can go do something, you know, nature has been there since the beginning of time. You know, we don't need, we don't need some machine to make us feel good. We can go out there and do something. If we, we we could just put our minds to it and figure out something that would just be cool. So I think it's very important that, know for the people who need to heal themselves i think nature is like the best way i think it's okay if we meet our friends you know fondue party or whatever you know take it back to like when we were kids you know slumber parties you know yeah don't get me started on fondue i've been craving fondue (laughs) for like two weeks now really my family said that they told me that we were going to do like a, uh, we were supposed to do fondue on Christmas, but no one told me that. So that like, they, they were like, yeah, we had a, te- we had like a family meeting if we wanted to do fondue and everyone said no. And I was like, what are you talking about? I do not remember this conversation at all. I would have been down <laughs> and now no one wants to do fondue and you can't just eat fondue by yourself. Right. No. So I'm like, I've been just going out of my mind wanting fondue for like the past two weeks. <laughs> it's, it's, Dude, it I'll do so fondue good. with you. I'll do fondue. Hell yeah, let's set it up. Yes. <laughs> it has to be all like it has to be the savory. It has to be the the chocolate. And what's the yep. la- the cheese one, right? The it's cheese all- one. There's a cheese. Some people do the broth. Yes. And then the chocolates. Yes. Oh, oh man. God. See, like who can turn that cake? Down? You know what I'm saying? I know what's wrong with your friends. Oh, what's going on with shit. them? They're afraid of the cheese. Yes. The- <laughs> The pound cake, that's what I've been really wanting so oh, bad. Different <laughs> with some strawberries too. Oh, oh shit. Yes. <laughs> with the strawberry and then the chocolate. Mm. Yeah, man, we gotta set that up. Holy shit. Dude, next interview. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do one live when the pandemic is. Oh yeah. I'm so okay. much better with people's energy. I always am like self-conscious when I do interviews. Like a like a, we'll do like a um cooking show type interview. Like oh, Martha yeah. Stewart or something. That'll be great. Yeah. Fondue with Blake and Ray. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> there we go. So did you set any like New Year's resolutions for twenty twenty one? You know, I don't really do New Year's resolutions. Hmm. I have things I'm trying to work on. And I was my thing is like I just wanna be consistent. And just keep going for those things, you know? Right. Um, but I always say I need to be more adventurous every year. And I want to travel more than I did last year. Mm-hmm. So those I feel like are my two big things because I feel like I don't do them enough. But those have been my big things. Hell yeah. Being consistent, traveling more, for sure. 
do you have any do you have any goals then for like music goals or any projects that are gonna hopefully be releasing in 2021 oh yeah i really my big goal is to pull off um i want to get at least five songs out this year oh yeah i would like to release more music this year that's a big goal for me um yeah and i want to go to the caribbean i've never been that sounds awesome yeah i really would love to do that and go write songs with some friends for like a month. Wow. Wow. Just like not talk to anyone, but just write. Maybe my Aunt Rhonda for sure. I got to talk to my Aunt Rhonda. <laughs> Shout out Aunt Rhonda. <laughs> hey, Aunt Rhonda, I love you. <laughs> so do you have like a home studio that you're able to work on when you're at home or how does that work for you? Yeah, my friend Dan has a home studio and we work so well together and he's a great engineer and guitarist. He's in most of all my videos that I've been doing to promote uh, In My Bones and, and interview performances. So I'm with him at least three times a week. Wow. Because <laughs> um, the songs are doing great. And so I've been doing a lot of press. So I'm always at his house in his studio. And we're always working. That's good. That's good. And that's so, in Shoreline, where I'm from. Okay. <laughs> Do you still live up in Shoreline yeah. then? Oh, wow. I recently. Oh, no, I don't. I live downtown. (laughs) Oh, downtown. I live downtown Seattle, but I love Shoreline. It's my hometown. How did you feel about like all the protests that took place in downtown? That was craziness. Oh, my gosh, it was. Were you back? Were you home when that all happened? Like, did you you see it from? I was home. I would hear, hear it on my balcony and I would go outside and I'd watch and uh, it was intense, man. A lot of breaking buildings which yeah. you know i just stay out of all the politics stuff it's just yeah. not something i usually same yeah i don't you know it's not as positive for me to talk about right. i feel i'd rather just sure. be like you know how can i help you i'd love to help anybody but mm-hmm. i'm not a big politic kind of guy so it was Honestly, just sad to see all of that happen for sure you know I felt like what I did notice, though, like when it comes to like the local scene, a lot of artists like came together during that time period to like help like unite people, which I thought was pretty cool, though. Yeah. But you just got to got to make the most out of whatever situation, you know. I agree. That's how I feel. Yeah. Well, Ray, what is some advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers? Advice I have. You know, I always, I think the number one advice is just to love, to finding new ways to love what you do. Because as we're always chasing something, we forget why we love to do it in the first place. And I always feel like the more I love things, the more inspired I am. So I always say, don't, don't invest so much of like, don't forget about investing the reason why you love doing what you do and exploring new things about that. And I also feel like a lot of people will say no to you. And I always say, just flip them the bird <laughs> and you will find someone who will say yes. Hell yeah. Um, and work hard, work your ass off. Hell yeah. And what is the easiest way for people to reach you or follow you? Um, on my Instagram, Ray Dalton 
music. Um, that's the best way to follow me on TikTok and Facebook. Ooh. I'm on it all, really. <laughs> I have fun with it. It used to stress me out, but now I just don't care. I'm just like, whatever, let's post <laughs> it. I want it to be colorful and I want to be goofy. And that's really what I do on TikTok. I just do the stupidest, goofiest things. And it makes <laughs> me feel good. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like you got like a pretty loyal fan base too. So that must help. Yeah, they're sure. amazing. I love them. Hell yeah. Do you have a name for them? So good. No, I don't have a name for them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just love them. That's what I say. I love you. I love you. Because yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll call them the I love yous, but I don't I'm not gonna name my fans. <laughs> well, this is the Nast podcast with Ray Dalton. Hell yeah. There we go.